Jeannie Flavelle's Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Empowering clients with commercial intelligence, supply chain expertise, and risk management solutions. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Mike Coughlin, President and CEO of McKinney Flavelle, and today is November 3rd, 2023, and welcome to our Hot Commodity Podcast Series. I'm joined today by a very special guest. That's Eric Thornton, our commodity specialist. Eric, how are you? I'm good, Mike. What's happening? How are you? Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm great. It's Friday again. I feel like it's still summer out here in the Bay Area. It's sunny. I mean, it's cold in the mornings, but it warms up to the 70s and 80s. It's pretty good. Perfect weather. Perfect. We got our first snow this week in New York, Mike. So, Oh, my gosh. It's kind of the opposite. It's starting to feel a little more like winter. Oh, my here. gosh. I, I understand you like to do the angels. You like you like getting the grass and do the angels. Is that you? <laughs> Uh, not quite. My my eleven uh, month old son. He definitely. He does that. Okay, I got gotcha, you. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Shout out to Rory. Before we get started, Eric, I want to promote our energy webinar uh, market update that's going to be on November fifteenth at eleven a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Our very own Sean Bingham, Director of Risk Management, is going to be leading the way with that conversation, and you can register for that at McKinney-Flavel.com. Don't miss it. It'll be a good one. Because guess what, Eric? A lot of our conversations right now are about energy Certainly are. with our clients. Yeah. So if you're not talking to Sean or us about energy and your client, please, please uh, reach out to us. He's got a lot of good stuff. So Eric, I thought today we would do something. You know, I was inspired last night and you brought this up and I thought this would be great is do a quick hitters thing. I was at, uh, yes. I don't know if this refers to basketball, but I was at Stella's first basketball game, which was hilarious, but they ended up winning. A lot of fun. Good job, Stella. But um, you came up with this great idea to do some quick hitters on some key quick commodities hitters. so we could yeah. just run through and say, hey. What should what are the biggest things you should be looking at uh, over the next couple months with different commodities? I love it, love it. So uh, why don't we have you let uh, get us started here? Uh, where do you want to start? Yeah, no, I think uh, it's a great topic and maybe something we could do regularly uh, moving forward. But I sure. figured, hey, let's let's take a look at most of the commodities we cover and sure, you know, one or two things that buyers should be aware of, like you said, for. Uh, the next few months. Maybe I'll go ahead and, and rifle through yeah. the grains first and then uh, yeah, let's do it. toss it back over to you for some others. But yeah. starting with wheat, obviously that's my primary market I focus on. So I would say weather, of course, I always lean that way, but is the drought over mm. or will it end here in the U.S. in terms of the key winter wheat growing areas at least? Because uh, if you look at a chart, year over year, you will note that we are remarkably better condition-wise than than last year in terms of drought. We have roughly still 42% of the winter wheat growing area in some degree of drought, but only 3% of that 42 is is in the more extreme or exceptional levels or tiers. A year ago, we had 74% of the winter wheat area in drought and a sizable 51% of that in extreme or exceptional drought. So the weather certainly has been much more favorable uh, these last few months, as we've talked about really since going back to the spring when El Nino was forecasted to make a return this fall and last through the winter. And I think we've continued to 
experience a lot of that favorable weather uh, again in the southern plains region specifically there are still dry areas like i said it's uh, a little too dry still in texas and louisiana uh, it's been over into georgia and parts of the pacific northwest as well are still a little bit dry i have to keep an eye on that but i'd say weather really is going to be the main thing and as it relates to drought for wheat uh over the next few months as we work our way into the dormancy window for wheat, which becomes fundamentally very quiet. So that knocks off wheat. And I think corn and soy, I might be able to bundle together. And I would say South America uh, will be certainly a big focal point for both of the grains there. Hasn't really been an ideal start for their planting season in either country for Brazil and Argentina, that is. You know, there's expectations for record production for each of those crops out of both countries. We've kind of seen really up until the last 10 days or so, not an ideal start. Uh, It was excessively wet in southern Brazil and kind of the opposite end of the spectrum, excessively dry and hot in, in northern Brazil and also still lingering drought in Argentina. So certainly was was behind pace in terms of the soy crop planting pace in in Brazil. Argentina was also lagging behind average pace for their corn crop. But we did get some nice rains over this past weekend and all of this week, and it looks to continue, at least for the near term. So South American weather and and those crop estimates are going to be critical in terms of the global balance sheet, you know, what type of uh, exports those two regions will be able to have available for, for the market. And thus, I guess maybe another point just to loop back into the U.S. picture is how our export situation may play out. We've actually been surprisingly on the high end for corn exports quietly. Uh, Mexico's really stepped in as a pretty active buyer the last few months. And we're actually, I think it's 24 or 25% above last year in terms of sales on the books. So will that number continue to trend higher? Uh, Possibly if South America uh, has more concerns or some crop estimates that come lower as we work our way into Q1 and late this year. But uh, it could also go the other way where sales uh, kind of dry up and we see, you know, China and other major buyers wait for those large South American crops. So That's kind of what I would say are kind of the key drivers to focus on, fundamentally speaking, and and weather speaking, for the grain markets. But uh, maybe, Mike, you can cover some of the uh, insights on on sugar. I know certainly it's it's been a little quiet commercially speaking, but plenty to go uh, find out there in terms of the number 11 and maybe demand. What's, What's maybe going on there? Yeah, you know, uh, quick hitters, you said one or two, it's going to be very difficult. So I'm going to do my best to try to focus it. Maybe I'll combine some just to make it to uh, to that too. But first thing I would say is key is the world market. And that's everybody, a lot of you listeners out there know that we are in a tier two market at this point. And the number 11 and 16 have been moving pretty close together. So one goes up, the other one does. Uh, so uh, I would say the world market being one of the key drivers and in, in, in looking into that, you know, Brazil is just finishing their crop and their next one isn't starting until April. And we always pay a lot of attention to, are they going to make more sugar or are they going to make more ethanol? And even though they've been pressing more towards sugar, we've got some problems in uh, 
in Thailand, for example, uh, and uh, India making the announcement they're not going to export and keep everything internal. So that's propped that number 11 up uh, in the upper 20s. And so there's not really a lot that can push uh, that market down in the near term. So that's that would be one that I would be watching very closely. And I'm going to loop Mexico back into this because it is an international discussion. And Mexico, as everybody knows, is very important to our uh, imports into the United States. And they've had just a talk about weather issues and drought. They've had uh, a terrible, terrible time down there, massively lower production, and uh, it doesn't look good for this next uh, season that starts up in November. And and some mills delaying a month or two. So again, that that causes some headache for us. Second one is sugar demand. So that is a, a big question mark, right, Eric? We've talked Very much so. uh, for months about certain segments being down. And how does that typically, if sugar demand is down for a prolonged period of time, that uh, is bearish to price, but we just haven't seen that. So uh, demand is going to be the other one big big one to watch out for. And I would have added USDA in there in the farm bill, but uh, we don't expect uh, anything greater than just some uh, delays and not much changes to the sugar mm-hmm. program. So um, number 11 in sugar demand, those are my two. I think those are very relevant for sure. Yeah. So we ended on, uh, I, th- I think we knew, do you want to do like energy or cocoa or? Maybe I'll hop on cocoa real quick and you can finish it up with energy or some insights there. Sure. So cocoa, Yeah. I think it's all going to be about supply and some of the numbers we start to see uh, in terms of bean arrivals, specifically from West Africa. Obviously, we always focus there where roughly 70% of the global cocoa supply uh, is in terms of production. There's been a lot of speculation, concerns around El Nino, really going to hamper this year's crop, You know, disease also, I think. Our lead, Jeff Frasinski on Coco, he's mentioned, you know, a lot of thoughts on uh, black pod disease and, and other types of uh, viruses, swollen shoot disease that have been out in the news and the, and the wires that, you know, may result in some lower production numbers. But there also is some farm gate price changes this, this current crop year that may also be resulting in some hoarding or potentially cocoa beans swapping uh, country lines maybe out of Ivory Coast into Ghana this year, where it was the opposite, uh, out of Ghana seemingly into Ivory Coast. So I think, you know, even though there's, again, a lot of concern about the the supply situation, so far the bean arrivals haven't been too far off uh, of a year ago. And now that we're in the main season for cocoa, which begins on October 1st, these next two months in particular, I think will tell quite a bit as to whether those... Uh, rumors or concerns are are being validated or maybe debunked and supply really isn't all that bad or or worrisome like you know many publications seem to be pushing out there as narratives and and thus what's helping to keep prices up there at 37 or 3800 a metric ton on the terminal market you know levels we haven't seen in some 40 45 years so it's definitely supply for me you know i think like you talked about on sugar demand you could also say the same on Cocoa and, and chocolate demand too. Very, very abysmal grind numbers for Q3. I think Jeffrey covered that uh, pretty in-depthly on the platform and in previous podcasts. But I'd say the next two months, it's supply. 
Okay. Well, let's wrap it up with energy. And uh, I'm going to be brief on this one because I want all of you listeners out there on that webinar that Sean's going to do. So I don't want to steal too much from him. But True. when you talk about energy, obviously, when you look at uh, oil, the big thing that you you have to take in consideration is is what's happening in, in the war between Israel and uh, Hamas in, in Gaza. That's obviously a big potential uh, a risk of, of where crude oil futures may or may not go. So I, I would say that's probably one of the big ones. And when you look at natural gas, obviously, uh, what's happening over there in uh, in in Russia and in Ukraine. So I, I'm going to leave it at that unless you want to add anything else, because I don't want to give too much away before we uh, get to uh, Sean's uh, webinar. No, I think that's a good little teaser. A good little, uh, uh, yes. everybody get on your, your registration train and, and get in on that webinar. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Okay. Well, I think we're going to wrap this one up, Eric, as I always like to say, live with an attitude of gratitude. Enjoy every minute moment with your friends and family. Uh, don't you dare take it for granted until our next podcast. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. That concludes this podcast episode. For expanded commentary and more detailed information, log on to McKinney Favelle's IQ Ingredient Intelligence platform and listen to our Market Insights podcast. If you're not a subscriber, visit bikini-favelle.com for more information. And as always, follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter.